the angel Gabriel came to Mary and told that she had become a chosen vessel of God to bring forth the Christ child and that that thing which was conceived in her womb was of the Holy Ghost. And welcome to Treasured Truths with Pastor Dan White. Pastor White is currently the senior pastor of Fellowship Baptist Church in Clark Lake, Michigan. We hope the message today will be a challenge and encouragement to you as you seek to become more like Jesus Christ every day. This and many other messages by Pastor White can be downloaded for free. Just visit our website at www.fbcclarklake.org. That's www.fbcclarklake.org. Now let us join Pastor White as he continues to bring us treasured truths from God's Word. Acts chapter 1. Well, it's Mother's Day. In all these years of ministry, I've always sought to bring a special message just to our moms on this day. And I'm going to preach to you on a Mother's Day theme that I've never preached on before. Matter of fact, I've never preached on this woman's life ever. Let me tell you how I came about to choose this woman as the mother of the day. I was studying ahead for our messages on 1 Peter, and as we come into 1 Peter, there's a lot said about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so I was just doing some studying about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and you can't help but avoid the first couple chapters of the book of Acts. Actually, the whole book of Acts is about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the early church. And so I was studying and preparing for a message in 1 Peter when I came across this verse, and it kind of like just jumped off the page. Have you ever had a verse do that to you? Just kind of, whoa! And I've read this verse many times, but it never really impacted me like it did this week. And I thought, what a great Mother's Day message right here. And so that's how the Lord led me to preach on this mother, the mother of Jesus, Mary. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. Give you a little bit of background of what's going on here. The apostles, which we find in verse 13... We're gathered there in the upper room, and the number of the believers that were gathered together waiting for the promise that Jesus left them to be fulfilled, where he would send to them the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit would baptize them into the body of Christ and indwell them and birth the local church, we find the mother of Jesus mentioned. Here we obviously see that she was a woman of prayer gathered together with the other Disciples, praying, waiting, looking, anticipating the giving of the Holy Spirit. And it says in verse 14, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplications with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. So Jesus' brothers were also there with their mother there in the upper room. I've entitled the message this morning, Mary, a willing servant of God. Mary, a willing servant of God. Now take your Bible and go with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke 
In Luke chapter 1, we find the Christmas story. I believe this with all my heart, that the greatest event to ever happen in the history of the world was the birth of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? Say amen. When God became man in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We call that the incarnation. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The word in reference to Christ, the Logos, the very word of God himself and the word was God. All things were made by him. So much for evolution. Amen. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. Not only physical life, but eternal life. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The greatest event to ever take place was when God birthed his son into this world. As we read the Christmas story... We find that in verse 35, the angel Gabriel came to Mary and told her that she had become a chosen vessel of God to bring forth the Christ child and that that thing which was conceived in her womb was of the Holy Ghost. This was a miracle birth. This virgin woman would conceive and become the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What was it? What was it that caused God to choose Mary? Of all the women in all the world that God could have used to be the mother of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. What was it about this woman that caused God to choose her? Well, this is not a Christmas message. This is a Mother's Day message. But let's read the Christmas story. Verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, not a young woman, like some of our modern translations put in there. She was a what? She was a virgin. To a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now, if I'm correct, the name Mary is a very popular name in the New Testament. I was able to come up with seven different women that were given the name Mary. Now, it says in verse 28, And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. What caused her to be this chosen vessel? The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. For when she saw him, she was troubled at the saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Why? And behold, thou shalt conceive in thine womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, and he shall be great. Verse 34, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived in her old age. And this is the sixth month 
with her who was called barren, for with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid. Behold the handmaid. We'll talk about what that means here a little bit later in the message. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. The Bible very clearly presents Mary as a very godly, a chaste, pure, holy virgin who was espoused or betrothed to a carpenter by the name of Joseph. I think in many ways, and really I spent a lot of time just meditating over the life of Mary and what the Bible has to say about her. And in many ways, Mary was just an ordinary young lady. Would you agree with me there? There was nothing that extraordinary about her apart from her commitment to the Lord. She was very ordinary. I think biblically we could, we could say this. She had just as much potential to be used by the Lord than any other woman who lived at that time or who lives presently. So in that sense, she was very ordinary. But what made her difference? What made her the very one that God would choose to be the mother of his son, the Lord Jesus? I believe it was her attitude towards God. I believe it was her attitude towards God. And it was her availability to be used by God. Thus it was her commitment. It was her attitude and it was her commitment that made her available to be used by God in whatever way God would so choose her to be used. And it was God's choice for her to be the mother of our Lord. The Apostle Paul said these words, and let me challenge every single woman here today, especially our young ladies here today that anticipate being mothers someday. He said, I would have you without carefulness. Carefulness means getting anxious about things. And women are prone to get very anxious about things. He said, I would have you without anxiety. He that is unmarried, care for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin. Let me say something to you. You ought to remain a virgin till you become a wife. Let me say that again. You ought to remain a virgin until you become a wife. I don't care what the world says. That's God's standard. And Mary held to that standard and to that conviction in her life that she would remain a virgin until the day of her marriage. It says there is a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord. Certainly that was true of Mary. And I hope that's true of every single young lady here that she really does care about the things of God because if you care about the things of God if you're focused on God if your attitude is a God attitude then you're going to be in the place of having great potential to do things for the Lord just like Mary did says the unmarried woman care for the things of the Lord uh, this is a powerful statement that she may be holy in body what is your goal ladies to be holy in your body 
That's not the goal of the world today. It seems like the goal of young ladies today that are in the world is to see how unholy that they can be with their body. But God says that your goal and your focus, young ladies, ought to be on being holy in your body. Give me an amen. To be holy women. Reaching that potential of usability for God. That you should be holy both in body and in your spirit. Your spirit refers to your attitude. You see, if God is going to use you in your life, you have to remain pure in your body and you have to keep your attitude right. Mary remained pure in her body and her attitude remained as it ought to be. But she that is married care for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. What an awesome potential that young ladies who are yet not married have to serve the Lord and to become the kind of women that God can use to do great things for his kingdom as he did Mary. I think the proof of her attitude and her commitment is seen as she began to understand God's plan for her life. Are you with me? As she began to understand the unfolding of God's plan for her life, that she immediately and readily accepted God's will. Hello, are you still with me today? That she would become the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. She did not argue with God. Now, I try to put myself in her position, although I'm not a woman. I think, knowing myself, I would have had a little bit of dialogue going on here between God and me. I think I would have been arguing about this thing. But she did not argue with God. She did not make any excuses. She did not say, there is absolutely no way, God, that I could do this. You've chosen the wrong person. She didn't argue with God and she did not reject God's call upon her life. Now, you need to understand. Now, that's easy to say, but see, some of you aren't, aren't, some of you aren't with me. You're, you're, you're not really connecting with what's going on here in the story. I know it's the Christmas story, so you're saying, I've heard this all before. Ah, oh, you haven't. You're not making the connection. I can tell you're in the zone. You're in that I've heard it all before zone. No, you haven't. You've really never put yourself in the position of this young lady who would remain holy in her body and in her spirit. God just put her in a place of crisis. Now, it's hard for us to understand this, but there was tremendous embarrassment that went along with getting pregnant out of wedlock. Now, there's not a whole lot of embarrassment today. Matter of fact, to tell you the truth, There's a lot of women today that the more children they can have, the more support and help they can get from the state. And they may have three or four different fathers of their children. And the shame associated with getting pregnant out of wedlock, it it just isn't here anymore. And it isn't in the church anymore. But it is an absolute shame and it's a disgrace to get pregnant out of wedlock. 
God has not changed. He is the same yesterday and today and forever. And I know we need to forgive and we need to help and we need to support. I understand all that, but I'm here to tell you it's an absolute shame. It, it puts forth your morality that you have not kept yourself holy in body and spirit. But here was a young woman who had done this very thing. She had fought off the temptations of the devil to become morally impure. She had done her best to keep herself. And now all of a sudden she finds herself to be pregnant without a husband and betrothed to a man. Outwardly, this was an impossible situation. How in the world was she going to tell Joseph, I just became impregnated by the Holy Spirit. God spoke to me. An angel communicated to me. I'm pregnant. And the child in my womb is the Son of God. How are you going to communicate that? How are you going to convince someone of that wild idea? Not only does she have to convince Joseph, she has to convince her parents. She's got to go home and she's got to tell her parents that she's pregnant. She not only has to tell her parents, she has to tell his parents. She's got to tell her family and she's got to tell her friends, Hallelujah, God intervenes. And God speaks with Joseph. And God also tells Joseph that that thing conceived within her. Joseph, she's telling you the truth. It's of the Holy Ghost. Now, Joseph, you think about that. He had to have also been a very godly young man. Who absolutely loved Mary to death. Because before the angel even communicated to him that Mary was telling him the truth, that the child within her womb was the Son of God, the Bible tells us that Joseph was minded to put her away as privately as possible. You say, why was he minded to do that? Because of his love for her and his desire to protect her. See, here's something we don't understand. Under Old Testament Mosaic law, to get pregnant out of wedlock, yeah. That was a capital offense. Mary could have been drugged to the gates of the city, not only publicly embarrassed, but stoned. And so Joseph, while he thought over these things, how he didn't just react, how he thought over these things, and the angel also spoke to him. But he was minded to put her away privately, and after the angel spoke to him, you know what he did? He obeyed. And he took her to wife. That shows you the character of both Mary and Joseph. Oh, to have young people like that today, amen? In spite of all this difficulty in doing the will of God, this was her statement. Be it unto me according to thy word. Boy, I know what I'm going to have to face. I know how, 
How am I going to explain all this, Lord? You're asking me to do probably one of the most difficult things that you've ever asked a woman on the face of the earth to do. And I'm going to do it. You know, apart from giving birth to Christ, you've you got to think this whole, I'm telling you, I meditated on this. I rolled this thing back and forth. Mary is really not a prominent figure in Scripture. She isn't. There's only just a few passages that speak about her. The one that we read in Acts chapter 1 and verse 14 is the final mention of her, and then she's not mentioned at all throughout the rest of the Word of God. So she's not a real prominent figure in the New Testament, but we do know that she was a very faithful Jewish young lady. Along with Joseph, they carried out the religious rituals of the temple. You'd say they were faithful to church. They dedicated Jesus to God. Together they named Jesus and had him circumcised. They observed the Passover. As you study the life of Mary, there's just, there's just a few little snapshots here and there. We also find that she had some other children after Jesus. She had four more boys. Bless her. And she had at least two girls, maybe more. That's a pretty fair-sized family. If my math is right with Jesus, that comes up to seven. She was a mother of seven. Being a mother of seven, she was left as a widow. We don't know exactly when Joseph passed away and died, but we know that he did. And Jesus was left with the care of his mother, which he did very faithfully until he launched out into his ministry and could have been the reason that he went into the ministry at the age that he did was now his brothers could kind of step up to the plate and assume responsibility of taking care of their mom. But I will also say this to you. Although Mary really is a woman to be flattered, the Bible really doesn't flatter her in the way that we would think. You know, when, when the Bible paints a picture of someone, it paints the good and the bad. Mary was very, very human. She had her great qualities and she had some eh, not so good. She was a woman who faced suffering and faced heartache, but also experienced victory. And isn't that true of all of us? Now you say, what are some of the things that you saw about Mary that may not be so much on the good side? I don't think I'm reading the scripture here, but how many remember when we find her at the marriage of Cana of Galilee where Jesus performed the first miracle? What was his first miracle? Turning the water into wine. Now, who was it that started flipping out? Hello. Can I see a hand of some of you moms who have flipped out? Come on, get your... Okay. I think most moms are flippers. Yeah, yeah. But Mary got very anxious and she appears to kind of flip out when she says, they have no wine! Like whores! <laughs> Terrible! They ran out of wine! And Jesus said, you know, Jesus kind of, woman... How many of you men have ever had to say to your wife, honey, just... Men, can I see your hands? 
Oh, okay, there's more men raise their hand than women raise their hands. But Jesus, very respectfully, has just tried to calm her down. She's flipping out over, there's, you know, the wine's all gone. And then she gets a little bossy. Not that any of our godly women here at our church would ever get a little bossy. But after Jesus calms her down about flipping out, about, you know, the wine running out, and that he's going to take care of the situation, she just kind of looks out at everyone. She goes, okay, then whatever he says to you, just do it. Doesn't that sound like a mom? Such a mom thing. So she's a little on the flipping outside, and she's a little on the bossy side. There's another little snapshot we have of Mary's life, and, and that's when Jesus had entered into his ministry. And you may remember her children were hearing all these reports, and she was hearing all these reports about how Jesus is going about doing all these miracles. He's, he's the miracle worker. He is claiming to be the Son of God. The promised Messiah? Can you see all the children gathering around Mary say, Mary, Jesus has gone off the, you know. All these rumors flying around Judea about her son. And this is what she said. He must be beside himself. And so her, along with her children, tried to do their best to pull Jesus back home and to pull him out of the ministry. Now that tells me she really didn't fully connect the dots and who her son was. I know she kept all those things and pondered them in her heart. But can I tell you how difficult would that be for you, Mom? You're the one that brought this child forth into the world. That experience that you had with that angel was over 30 years ago. But though she did not fully understand, I believe we see that she was a very loving mother with a desire to protect her son. Why did she want to pull Jesus out of the ministry and pull him back home? To protect him. I don't think it was just about protecting the family reputation. I think she really did think he's kind of lost his mind. He's beside himself. We need to pull him back home and get him the help he needs. She was so protective of her son. Where was she when he hung naked on Calvary's cross? Where was she? She was at the foot of the cross. And Jesus tenderly speaks to her from the cross and commits her into the care of John. The only two that stayed faithful. You talk about a mother's love. Now, the Roman Catholic Church has absolutely perverted the life and the memory of the mother of Jesus. 
The false teaching of the Catholic Church says that she had an immaculate conception by her parents. That she, her, that her body was, was uh, translated up into heaven. That she is a co-redeemer with Jesus Christ. There is one redeemer. That's blasphemous. That she was the actual mother of God. That she now intercedes for us before the throne. No, there is one mediator between God and man. And that is the man Christ Jesus. Whoever lives to make intercession for us, it is not Mary. The Catholic Church would tell us that she is one to be prayed to and to be worshipped. But we should worship the Lord our God and Him only shall we serve. All these false teachings of the Catholic Church have grown out of Catholicism's embracing of pagan cults and female deities going all the way back to Babylon. You can read about that in Revelation chapter 17 and 18. But let's not minimize her testimony. Moms, I can't tell you enough how powerful your testimony is. Not only in the lives of your children, but to those who surround you. What speaks more than a personal testimony? And her love and her faithfulness are clearly seen. Even though she had her shortcomings, she was a godly woman. And just like all the men and women of the Bible, we see the good side and we see the bad side. You know, it wasn't their ability that made them usable. You need to understand this. Not many wise, not many noble are called. It was not their ability. It was their availability. She just simply made herself available when she said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Do you know what the word handmaid means? The word handmaid means a female slave. She just committed herself at that young age just to be a female slave of the Lord. To do whatever her master would tell her. No wonder she reached that great potential where now all generations shall call her blessed. Why? Because of her attitude and because of her commitment. Was she asked to do a very difficult thing as we wrap this up? Yeah. Did she know she was going to be misunderstood? No doubt about it. How can this be, seeing I know not a man? She didn't even understand it. How is anyone else going to understand it? Was she in the, was she in the danger of being divorced? By the way, to break a betrothal in those days, you had to divorce. She was in danger not only of being divorced, but she was in danger of being put to death. When she fully understood God's plan, what was her attitude? Thy will be done. Now there's a godly mother. There's a godly mother. Immediately after... Hearing all this, she goes to her cousin Elizabeth's home, who was an old woman who was barren all of her life, who now also had conceived six months prior to that. And within her womb was 
John the Baptist. You know what? People have asked me three or four times over my years of ministry, what is this thing about John the Baptist in the womb hearing Mary's voice and Mary expressing to Elizabeth what the angel had told her and John the Baptist in the womb, a six-month-old baby in the womb, filled with the Holy Spirit, leaps for joy at the hearing of the announcement of, of Mary. I'm going to give you my theological answer to that. I have no idea what's going on here. But if the Bible says at six months of age in the womb, he was filled with the Holy Ghost, he was filled with the Holy Ghost at six months years of age. Mary is absolutely awesome. This is like awesome mom. She said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaid. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty, the mighty God, hath done great things. Holy is his name. And his mercy is upon all them that fear him from generation to generation. Listen to me. God only had one Mary to be the mother of his son. But God has many Marys today who if you'll have the same love and commitment and faithfulness and attitude, you also can reach the full potential that God has for you in your life. The Bible said is required in stewards that a man be found what? Well done, my good, and moms, would you look up here? I want to leave you with this thought. The only thing God asks of you is not to be super mom. Just be a faithful mom. And if you'll be a faithful mom, you have no idea what God will do in and through your life. It's called Skip Page. I told my daughter Bethany, I said, honey, I always over-prepare. I always just have too much. She goes, yeah, but then you just go to part two, part three, part four. Well, I'd have to wait a whole year to go to part two, so we'll slip that page. Maybe talk a little bit about it tonight. But let me say this. Mothers seldom get the praise and appreciation that they deserve. Once in a while, a husband will give a public testimony about his wife and all that his wife means to him. Pastor Bruce, it's getting old, brother. It's getting old. <laughs> I actually thought he was getting a little mad at you today, all that noise you were making over there. I was going, hallelujah. But moms, I can't, I'll tell you, I don't know a man on the face of the earth that wants your job. 
And if they do, they're probably not a man anyway, but... <laughs> that, that probably wasn't a spirit-filled comment, so you can just... Now, I would venture to say every single one of you here have heard of this man. Let me see if everyone... If you, if you have, would you raise your hand? Abraham Lincoln. Amazing. Amazing. Everyone here has heard of Abraham Lincoln. How many of you here know the name of Abraham's Lincoln mother? How many? Raise your hand. Well, a few of you do. Very few. Everyone knows Abraham Lincoln, but only a handful. About 10 hands raised. We have probably well, well over 200 here today. But we don't know his mother, but this is what Abraham Lincoln said about his mother. He said, all that I am or ever hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. Is that precious? He said, I remember my mother's prayers. They have always followed me. And they have clung to me all the days of my life. Why do we all know Abraham Lincoln? Because of his mother. Now I want to ask you here, I'm, I'm sure that as many hands will be raised. How many of you here have ever heard of George Washington? Oh, okay. How many of you know the name of George Washington's mother? Two. Three. Three. But listen to what George Washington said. He said, all I am, I owe to my mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education that I received from her. We all know who the first president of the United States was, but only three people know the name of his mother. Moms, you may not receive the praise or the appreciation that you deserve. You may be like the mother of Jesus, only a little snapshot here and there. And then after the Gospels, you just fade off of the scene and, and things just continue and people just keep getting saved and the church just keeps growing. As I leave you with this, if you're going to be the kind of mom that Mary was to Jesus, you need to have the same kind of commitment to the Lord. Where you're willing to say, this is a hard job, this is the toughest job on the face of the earth. But say, not my will, but thine be done. And the second thing I believe you need, you need to have a Bible open on your lap every morning. And you need to become a woman of prayer. Because the very last thing we read about the mother of Jesus is that she was in a prayer meeting. 
waiting for the promise. Sad to say, too many mothers are too busy. They're too selfish. They're too wrapped up in their own desires and their own projects and their own motives to put Christ the proper place in their life. Can I tell you something? You've just wasted all that potential that God has for you. You have been listening to Treasure Truths with Pastor Dan White. If you have missed any messages in this current series and would like to hear them, just visit our website at www.fbcclarklake.org. That's www.fbcclarklake.org. Here you can download this and many other messages by Pastor White and take them with you on your MP3 player or simply burn them to a CD so that you may listen to them at your convenience. If you know someone that could benefit from listening to our program, we strongly encourage you to make copies of this or any other message by Pastor White and distribute them freely. If this or any other message has been a blessing to you, we would love to hear about it. Just email us at fellowship-bap at juno.com. That's fellowship-bap at juno.com. If you do not currently have a church you are attending, we would love to have you come visit us here at Fellowship Baptist Church. We are located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan, 49234. You have been listening to Treasured Truths with Pastor White, and we look forward to seeing you here again next time. We hope you have a great day, and God